did it get here? Where did it come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Lads and lassies, we come to you from across the pond tonight, from the podcast from out of space. As always, it's your boy Rob Scott. We have Adam Norlock with us tonight. Hi lads, thanks for listening. As well as Ryan Scott. Hello everybody out there. And tonight we'll be talking about the wee monster known as Nessie. Or as we call it over here in the motherland, the Loch Ness Monster. And remember, they may take our lives, but they will never take our monster. (laughs) Okay, back once again. Guys, it's been a while. A couple weeks. Now, 2018 now is down the shitter, as they say in El Paso, Texas. (laughs) And we are on to 2019. How's everybody doing and how we feeling Starting the year off right, yes or no? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into it. Okay. New year, new us. It is a new year, and you guys have been on my ass for a long time about <laughs> this. And we finally got the t-shirt design done, boys. We got the design done. Now, I'm curious, why have you withheld this from our loyal legion, our loyal fan base? They want to see the post, you know? I want to see you post the design. The you can proof go, is in the pudding. You can go ahead and cut that, and we're just going to go ahead and post it for you guys when this episode drops. Okay, we'll post it. So you get not only a new podcast, but you get a glimpse at the t-shirt design as well. Okay, and you're new, welcome. new sticker is also on the way. Yep, uh, yep. Teabag, what's new with you? Anything? Six days off of porn. <laughs> 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 no... Okay, so it's no secret. Um, tonight, you know, back to cryptids. We haven't done a cryptid in a while. Figure how. You know, we got to cover. We covered Sasquatch a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Now we're covering the number two, the big daddy, um, old Nessie. Now, who would you say is more famous, Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot in terms of cryptids? Or is there one that's more famous than those two? I feel like those are the two biggest guys in terms of cryptozoology. What do you guys think? I got to say, you know, shout out to the Loch Ness Monster, but Bigfoot has been spotted all over the world. Loch Ness Monster is only in one spot. Okay, well, I didn't ask which one was more, just more famous. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's more famous because... Because it's everywhere. Yeah, there's so many sightings of it. All right. You got like, what, three, maybe three good sightings of the Loch Ness Monster? Well, a lot more than that, (laughs) as we'll see in this episode. Three good you know what I'm saying? Three good. <laughs> okay, quite possibly, but... Um, I guess the same could be said for Bigfoot, though. Yeah, you know, it's really a toss-up. I was trying to dive into that. Teabag, any thoughts? I uh, was singing along the same... Are you really... The Sasquatch, worldwide? Worldwide, man. Worldwide, worldwide? It's like the abominable snowman, See, Sasquatch. They're all the same family. But it's not the same person. Well, similar though. Mm. 
So you think Nessie? I would I think, think there's multiple Bigfoots, so there's not just one. Well, we talked about like a whole race in our episode. Check that out if you haven't already. Well, that's what I'm saying is supernatural. Um, I feel like there's more of like a extraterrestrial Bigfoots. Ambiance. More of a. Nope, not the right Je ne word. sais quoi. <laughs> with the Bigfoot. <laughs> All right. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah. Now, see, I was trying to, you know, get to the bottom of this whole thing. Thing. A lot of sites did say Loch Ness Monster was more famous. Mm. This is like Fisher Price, my first cryptid. <laughs> uh, a lot of people find out about this one first. Now, what about you guys? How about, here we go. First time hearing about the legend, what do we know from you two melonheads? <laughs> Dude, I cannot remember the first time I heard of it. Yeah. If I'm being honest, but I mean... I can, ballpark it. I remember seeing the infamous black and white pick. Okay. It looks like a damn dinosaur uh-huh. coming out of the water. Uh-huh. Brontosaurus head sticking out of the water, basically. Yeah. You guys have Scottish roots. This is right up your alley. Well, yeah, my dad is obsessed with not only cryptids, but also Scotland. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we heard about it at a very young age, I would say. Shout out to Garth Brooks. Blame it all on my roots. <laughs> Yeah, same with Rob. I don't, can't tell you the exact time that I first heard about the Loch Ness monster. I feel like probably young though. Like I'm thinking very like young, Peach Dragon, Fantasia type dinosaur shit. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Now, now here's one thing. So we all grew up, uh, you know, just outside of Norfolk. What was the name of that place that had the big battleship Nautilus, Nauticus? Nauticus. Now, I remember being very young, and you were with me. Rob, you were there. (laughs) Yep. It's you, me. Dad would take us. I believe he took us with Chuck and his kids, and we played like a game. They had some like virtual reality experience there where uh, you like... We're in a submarine. Oh, yeah, you dive down under the water. Okay, yeah, I remember And you that. had to, like, steal the Loch Ness Monster's eggs, and there was, like, two of them. You remember that? Yeah, yep. and then the that monster was, comes after you. That was the Loch Ness Monster, right? Yes. Okay, now what? that was probably, like, 97, right? Maybe a little bit later, but definitely, like, late 90s. Okay, Ooh. now I remember that. Now, I wonder if that ride's still there, you know? Check it out next time we're back home. Yeah, I don't even know if that's if that is still there, but yeah, that was kind of cool. What about uh, Bush Gardens, Loch Ness Monster? <sighs> that's the best ride there. If you one, of my, one of my first roller coasters. If we're going to be honest with each other, there we go. That's probably Boom. where it comes from as well. I because re- I think I remember hearing about the roller coaster very young again, too scared to ride them, mm-hmm. and Loch Ness Monster. What's that? You know, boom! It gets explained to me. This little kid, big bad wolf. What's that? Now, Loch Ness Monster, that's the one that does loops, right? I believe so. It does. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Bush Gardens. Lot of, so a lot of rides, um, you know. In Virginia. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Mm. Mm. Big Loch Ness Monster fans out <laughs> there. So basically what we're getting at here is we're, everybody's familiar with the basic tale. Uh, at the very least, have heard of what the Loch Ness Monster is. Am I right? Big mm-hmm. dinosaur-like creature often sighted in the murky waters in the highlands of Scotland, Lassie. <laughs> now, in this episode, we're going to attempt to give you, our loyal legion, a 
history of sightings and encounters at the legendary lock while focusing on a few major figures and theories on just what is going on up in the highlands of Scotland. I mean, as I did the research for this one, guys, this has everything. Occult rituals, UFO sightings, men in black, all sorts of high strangeness. Now, I want to cite majority of the research comes from Nessie by Nick Redfern. Um, this is the main source aside from numerous, you know, internet forums, articles in order to piece together different sightings and, and basic lake information. Uh, and this book, you know, it's pretty good. I'd suggest it if you're interested in, in um, cryptids, you know, that sort of thing. The only thing I would say about this book, he kind of like jumps around. He throws a lot of theories at you uh, in terms of like supernatural. And we are just going to kind of scratch the surface of that. We're talking about both uh, theories here, which we'll get into later. But uh, we'll give you the facts right up front. Now, let's get into the lock itself. Loch Ness, freshwater lock in the Scottish Highlands that runs approximately 37 kilometers, that's 23 miles, um, southwest of Inverness. Is that how you'd say that town? Yep, sounds right to me. Okay, it is the second largest Scottish lock with a surface area of 56 kilometers squared, that's 22 square miles. Deepest point is 126 fathoms. That is about 755 feet, making it the second deepest lock in Scotland after Loch Morar. Morar. <laughs> uh, the lock contains more fresh water than any other lock in England and Wales combined, and it is one of a series of interconnected murky bodies of water in Scotland. However, its water visibility is extremely low due to a high peat content in the surrounding soil. So if you ever need to get rid of a body. Oh, yeah. Basically, yeah. That's why um, that's one of the things that adds to like the whole myth of this is because Loch Ness. Now, Loch, that's also just Scottish for lake, right? Essentially, yes. Okay, so the peat content in the soil. What is peat? It's like um, it's almost. Like clay. Uh, yeah, I thought it was more like uh, moss. Well, now that's or, two different things. Or whatever moss <laughs> grows in. You know, it's like fucking, it makes the water murky, muddy, muddy water, you know, very low visibility, you know, like a swamp almost. So basic overview of Nessie himself or herself, um, Scottish folklore. Maybe itself. Yeah. Do you give it a gender? I don't know. That's a question for you. What do you think? No, no, no. Don't put this on me, Ricky Bobby. For both of you guys, man, Is woman. Is there multiples? Could be. We'll mm. see. Maybe it's a little family. Maybe. We'll see. That'll be up in our theories. Mm. Now, in Scottish folklore, the Loch Ness Monster, also known as Nessie, is a creature said to lurk in the dark waters of Loch Ness, located in the Scottish Highlands. The creature itself is often described as large in size, with a long neck, one or more humps protruding from the water, and it was brought to worldwide attention in 1933. Now, what is so funny about the humps? I just heard Fergie in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, uh, yeah, brought to worldwide attention in 33. 
But legends that can be possibly connected to Nessie date back further than 1,500 years ago. Evidence of Nessie's existence is anecdotal at best. Uh, There have been a few disputed photographs and even sonar readings related to the monster. And the scientific community regards the Loch Ness Monster as a phenomenon without biological basis explaining the sightings off as hoaxes, wishful thinking, and misidentification of mundane objects. Now, skeptics aside, there's basically two main camps um, when it comes to the Loch Ness Monster and um, Nessie believers, cryptozoologists, that sort of thing. One is like the flesh and blood camp. They think it's an actual animal, um, you know, some type of creature, something, Um, We'll get into this later in our theories. And there's also the supernatural camp, which thinks, you know, it's along the lines of some supernatural entity, maybe something poking through the multiverse, Mm. Uh, you know, maybe that's why it hasn't been seen. Kind of like the Bigfoots, interdimensional Bigfoots, you know, something like that. So let's hop all the way back and hear those bagpipes playing again. Uh, we'll get into the earliest times, uh, the folklore, uh, the the legend, you know, the beginnings of the legend. Now, the lock itself is steeped in ancient history and folkloric legends dating back multiple centuries and quite possibly even further. Um, you know, when these tales uh, started and how far back they go is kind of uncertain, But recorded legends of a monster in the lock date all the way back to 565 A.D., where in Vita Columba, translated to Life of Columbia, we get the first recorded sighting. So this guy, Columbia, he... He pretends to be stupid. (laughs) This guy was uh, St. Columbia. He was a 6th century abbot who basically went around trying to convert people to Christianity. And um, in the chronicles of his life... Much like the chronicles of Riddick. Shout out to Vin Diesel. (laughs) Yeah, you'll probably play him in a biopic. (laughs) Uh, In the chronicles of his life, uh, he writes of this encounter. The legend of the beast goes back a long time ago. When the blessed man was staying for some days in the province of the Picts, he found it necessary to cross the river Ness. And when he came to the bank thereof, he sees some of their inhabitants burying a poor, unfortunate little fellow, whom, as those who were burying him themselves reported, some water monster had a little before snatched at as he was swimming, and bitten with a most savage bite, and whose hapless corpse some men who came in a boat to give assistance, though too late, caught hold of by putting out hooks. And when they asked how long he was dead for, they said until... Forever. Forever. Okay. <laughs> Minus the improv there. That last... Uh, so this story is basically saying b- giant monster in the lake kills this guy. Big lizard in my back, y'all. Uh, and, you know, they have to go fish him out. Uh, now, this is the earliest report on record of some kind of monster in the lock. And furthermore, it is one of the few reports involving a violent attack. Mm. Now, throughout the decades and decades that follow, there were tales here and there of uh, Scottish dragons, water monsters in all shapes and sizes. 
And this wasn't just in Loch Ness, this is all throughout Scotland. However, one of the more interesting folktales from Scotland and Loch Ness are that of the violent, shape-shifting, supernatural creatures known as Kelpies. Isn't that a dog? Yeah, it is actually a type of dog. I mean, that's how you'd say it, right? Kelpie. Kelpie. Ah, Kelpie. <laughs> ah. So the Kelpies are murderous, shape-shifting creatures that were known to have lurked in the depths of the Scottish lochs, canals, and rivers. It was in the 1700s that Kelpies and water horses first appear in print. Now, basically, Kelpies would take the shape of a horse uh, and trick people into jumping on their back, and then they would just plunge down deep into the water, causing their victims to drown. They were known to take the shape of serpentine monsters, mm. hairy humanoids, water horses, or even fair maidens. Mm. Now, I got a picture right here for you guys. I bet you do, you sick son of a bitch. Uh, this is of one of the Kelpies, you know, painting of a fair maiden Kelpie. Oh, I was just looking at that one. Now, Added to the shrine. Well, I was just looking. Would that trick you? Would that fool you? Oh, yeah, but I was also <laughs> looking, and apparently the etymology or something relates to the word heifer. Isn't that racist? I think that means like fat cow. Dude, that's from that Disney movie. Color of friendship. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, she, dude, that, that totally is from that movie. Oh All right, whatever. God. So, what does that have to do with anything? What's the point there? Well, I was looking, and apparently, the word Kelpie somehow relates to like heifer, like because you're saying it shape shifts into a horse, right, and then takes you underwater. Yeah, it could be really anything. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd probably jump on a naked chick's back too, but more than a horse, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, more likely than a horse. Okay, some of them horse. What's interesting about these uh, kelpies, kelpies is that Loch Ness has more legends of these than any other loch in Scotland. Now, there's even a tale from 19th century of one Gregor Willow McGregor. Mm. It was also known as Willox the Warlock. That's um, way more badass. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> Really? More badass than McGregor? Gregor McGregor? That just Gregor lame. Willow MacGregor. <laughs> no, I didn't fucking think of anything for it. That's now, also just, just Gregor. <laughs> that's also just the most Scottish terms put together in one name. Uh, not it's not Mick, ah, it's Gregor Mac Willow McGregor. It's Mac Gregor. M A C. The only thing that could make it more fucking Scottish. Is if they put like uh, William. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy was also known as Willux the Warlock. Uh, He was said to have encountered and defeated a Kelpie. This is a Dr. Seuss story waiting Uh, to happen. He struck it on the nose with a broadsword and he was able to steal its. Is it a brittle or bridle? The thing that goes around their, their nose that you like ride them with? Brittle? Bridle? Ball gag. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, similar to that. That's what Adam puts on when he's hopping on someone's back. So he was able There's to steal the old ball gag on him. <laughs> he was able to steal the bridle and the Kelpie said the Kelpie revealed to him that if he looked through it, um, he would be revealed a world of strange entities that lurk in Loch Ness, not typically encountered by mortal man. So this was some type of portal type thing. Oh, Already we before. got some supernatural entities. Now <laughs> You're probably saying, hey, 
what the hell, you know? Um, you know, narratives about the Kelpies, you know, they probably also just served a practical purpose for keeping children away from, you know, lakes. Parents said, hey, you know, they were popping out kids left and right in the highlands of Scotland. They don't were, go down by the lake, yeah, guys. Yeah, don't water go down by the there. lake. You know, there's a water monster in there to keep the kids from drowning. Um, <laughs> and they were also told uh, as a warning for young women to be wary of handsome strangers. Now, that's just good life advice in general. Yeah, but is this something that was just happening on a daily basis on the fucking edges of Loch Ness? A handsome stranger comes by and it's just. Not at the old Highlands. Yeah. Isn't that where like Hills Have Eyes was originally? It was like a cannibal family that trapped people in a cave. Wasn't that in Scotland? I don't think so. I think it was. We'll do more research into that. (laughs) Now we're getting into the uh, 1880s. Several encounters with creatures on land described as elephant-like in size and color. A long neck, small head, having an awkward waddle. And in both cases, the creature was spotted on land before plunging into the waters of Loch Ness. So, you know... So no we're talking secret. amphibian. Yeah. Land, land, sea, like a Navy SEAL. Now, <laughs> we're getting up into the 1900s, um, you know, new century, um, early 1900s. We're talking 1902, 1904. There's a few isolated sightings of a uh, creature or creatures in the water. They all fit the description. Um, long neck, serpent style head, you know, serpent some type of serpent creature. So, you know, we're hearing about these legends all throughout history. And then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, 1933, this is really the birth of the monster. This, you know, despite all the legends, the folk tales, and the lore that have surrounded the lake until this point, modern interest in the Loch Ness Monster was all sparked in 1933 by a few sightings. So this is when Nessie goes worldwide. And there is a few reasons for this. Aside from just, you know, more widespread media, it's a newer age, uh, new century, you know. Um, the main one being prior to 1933, there was only one road surrounding the lock. And a lot of it ran through the woods. So, you know, you couldn't, there was no clear view of the lake on any stretch of the road. But in 1932, construction began on a new road that would run along the length of Locke's North Shore. So basically, anyone driving the stretch has a wide open view of um, the lock, the murky waters in the lock. And uh, before we get into these sightings, one of Redfern's theories, again, on why the sightings ramp up is due to blasting. They had a blast. Uh, blast out parts of the land um, in order to make this road, this maybe, you know, possibly could have awoken the beast, maybe? It's like setting off fireworks and waking up babies and pissing off your neighbors. Yeah, or it's like Godzilla. Mm. The first of the 33 sightings appeared in the April 14th edition of the Inverness Courier and told the tale of an anonymous couple who was driving along the North Shore when they saw a huge splash and a creature with a body much like a whale break the water. 
Now, it was found out that later uh, this account came from John McKay and his wife, who were owners of a hotel at Dramadracht. (laughs) (laughs) How would you say that? Exactly how you said it. Dramadorshit. Dramadorchit. <laughs> Dramadorchit. So, speculative, right? What are we thinking about that sighting? I think you never trust a guy named John. Now, what, you, now what about, I Especially mean... Especially the initials John M. Yep. But what do you think about that? Owners of a hotel, maybe they're not getting business. They make up this story. People are going to well, want to come see the monster. I got an interesting theory for you guys. Okay, do we... Is it long? Do we need to save it for the theories? It's not that long. Okay. This is April 1933 we're talking? Yes. Guess what else happens April 1933? A little movie drops that you guys might be familiar with. King Kong. Mm. Guess who makes a little cameo in that movie, boys? Our friend Nessie. Mm, Look at the mom doing research. All these little sightings start to add up right after that. Interesting. So you're thinking maybe something these people saw and said, hey, oh, you know, that's already in their mind. Maybe I'm seeing this in the dark, mind playing tricks on me. It's either that or, you know, maybe it's similar to the Roswell thing. Like, oh, all these people starting to see UFOs after that happens. All mm. these claims coming out the woodworks. That's a pretty girl down there. Okay. All right, now, uh, nine days after the McKay story, Alexander Shaw and his son reported to have seen a large wake uh, from what appeared to be a giant back breaking the surface of the water. Uh, June 7th, a pilot spotted a 25-foot-long alligator-like creature while he was flying over the lock. This was in 33? Yep. Mm. Uh, 22nd of July, one of the more famous encounters was made when George Spicer... And his wife were driving along the road from Fuyers to Doris. Around 4 p.m., they spotted what George described as ah, a hideous affront against nature. So this creature crosses the road in front of their car. They describe it as having a large body, about 4 feet high, 25 feet long, and a long, wavy, narrow neck, slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk, as long as 10 to 12 feet, and it was gray in color and lurched across the road almost like a giant worm towards the lock, leaving a trail of broken undergrowth in its wake. So, I mean, that's pretty weird, right? I hate to think of it like a worm. Yeah, like squirching, or or what do you call that, slithering on, like inching on like a worm? Like a big old snake. Yeah, a big old sand slug. (laughs) 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 So, well, I mean, what are we thinking up to date so far? Um, You know, up to this point in time, you know, all these sightings, what are we thinking? Maybe something going on? Or Mm. is this just folklore continuing to develop into the modern age? I think it's folklore. Okay. All right. So come into uh, one of the first, uh, this is probably the first, um, one of the more famous pictures to be taken. This is a Hugh Gray photograph. 
Fifty Shades of him. You have to go ahead and Google Hugh Gray Loch Ness photograph. Um, 1933, this photograph was taken near Foyers on 12th of November, 1933. Um, and it is the first photograph that allegedly is depicting the monster. Now, this one is slightly blurred. Um, it's been Some say they see the head of a dog. Uh, you know, swimming, carrying a stick. Um, Gray had taken his Labrador for a walk that day, and it's suspected that the photograph depicts his dog fetching a stick from the lake. Others say it's an otter or a swan. Um, the original, the original negative was lost. Um, oh, but convenient. Yeah, <laughs> in 1963, Maurice Burton came into possession of two slides um, that were positives from the original negative, and when projected on a screen, it revealed an otter rolling at the surface. But you know, you can be the judge of that for yourself. Bob. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at this photograph. <laughs> is, uh, what do you think of this photograph? Well, now that you said the otter thing, that's all. See, I see the dog carrying a stick, but when really? you when you originally brought it up, I was like, no question, that's Nessie. Now, see, I couldn't even see the. I can't see the dog. No. I I see almost like a snake. Like here's his nose. There's two eyes. There's the stick. But it's whatever you want it to be, man. Okay. All right. So you know, still nothing. Nothing concrete. Um, Nineteen thirty-four. We get. Uh, Arthur Grant, um, this guy on 5th of January, 1934, um, Arthur Grant claimed to have nearly hit a creature while riding near the northeastern end of the lock about 1 a.m. Um, he says it was a bright moonlit night, and according to Grant, um, the creature had a small head attached to a long neck. The creature saw him, crossed the road in two bounds, and vanished into the lock. Grant, a veterinary student at the time, Described it as a cross between a seal and a plesiosaur. Is it plesiosaur or plesiosaur? Tomato, tomato. Yeah, plesiosaur, plesiosaur. Um, he said he dismounted and followed it to the lock, but only saw ripples. I, I Completely I, different thing. Can I just tip my hat to Rob here? New year, new Rob, because we're, what, halfway through this? And I haven't heard a single dick joke. Hey, I was going to say, I was actually going to say because, well, now you just put it in his mind. I saw this <laughs> shimmer in his eye, the fucking <laughs> smirk. I was going to say, you know, is that a New Year thing? Because this one, a lot of serpent type stuff That's in here. Saying. No dick jokes. Not a single one talking about long necks. Guys, come on. Cut that out. <laughs> 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 so uh, about a year after the, the whole Loch Ness hysteria began, um, the infamous Sturgeon's photo was taken. Now, this is without a doubt what most people think of when they hear Loch Ness Monster. I mean, Rob said this was one of the first things he saw. So, Sturgeon's photo, what do we think of that? Boom. Clearly, you know, Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, but this looks like someone put a toy dinosaur in a bathtub. Okay, right. I think that first one looked... More believable? Yeah, Okay, well, I mean, this one is by far the most um, most famous of the of the Nessie photos, and in 1994, it was revealed to have all been a hoax. Um, this can all more or less be attributed to Marmaduke Wetherell, 
who was hoaxed himself, like apparently this guy Marmaduke <laughs> automatically just sounds like a bitch name, right? That's the dog in the cartoons. <laughs> so this guy Marmaduke. Um, this guy was <laughs> hoaxed himself. I guess this uh, the Daily Mail uh, published this story that was like, hey, we found footprints down by the lock. And this guy was like amazed. Like he went down, fully believed it. <laughs> and apparently somebody had hoaxed the Daily Mail by saying like they made it with, I guess they used to make umbrella stands out of like hippo feet. Hmm. And they made uh, these footprints. Um, it was revealed to be a hoax. This guy Marmaduke gets fucking pissed off because the Daily Mail basically played him out. Like, they were like, hey, this guy's a fucking idiot. He believed this shit was real. <laughs> uh, they they wrote a bunch of, I guess, like a slanderous article. I was actually looking for the original article. I couldn't find it. Um, but he decided to get revenge. So he went out with some of his buddies, and they taped, like, uh, they bought, like, a toy submarine. Um, they did, they put this plastic thing on it and they took the picture. Um, they've got pictures fully zoomed out where you can tell it's small. I mean, the ripples look big compared to it, you know? Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm it's saying. Like a, it's like a little dinosaur yeah. or something taped onto a submarine. Taped onto a toy <laughs> submarine. Now this, this one, the reason why I guess it was like believed for so long is because uh, apparently the type of plastic they made it with, they were saying like that wasn't available at the time, but you can go back and see that it was. It was relatively new, but it was still available. Um, so, you know, most famous Nessie photo, hoax. Mm. Now, 40s, 50s, uh, you know, sightings begin to drop off. A lot going on in the world at that time. Yeah, mostly due to uh, World War II, you know. Nowhere near as many sightings as in the 30s, uh, you know, a little more preoccupied in that part of the world at that time. Um, there was one interesting encounter, though. December of 1945, the crew of Rival 3 of the Rival 3 fishing vessel tracked a large unknown object on their sonar. Allegedly, the object followed their boat for around 2,500 feet at a depth of 480 feet. And precisely what the object was was never determined. Now, there probably are some big fish out in that lake, right? You might say some real big fish. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, to pick up something that big on the uh, radar there or sonar or what have you, hmm. I'm not a um, biologist. Now, really throughout the monster's history, uh, most of the sightings seem to have been around the 30s and the 60s. Uh, since the 60s, there have been numerous expeditions, um, studies launched in hopes of collecting some type of evidence or having an encounter with old Nessie um, himself, herself, itself. Although uh, most of these have been futile, with the exception of a few sonar readings that cannot be explained. Now, there's also this Apple Maps photograph in 2014. This was taken on Apple Maps. Seemed to be some large wake. Um, a lot of people say, hey, this was just the wake of a boat that was, you know, cut out due to the way that they stitched the the photos together. Mm. Uh, you know, some type of glitch. I could see that. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like a giant fish or something from episode one, but now that you said the boat, <laughs> okay. I can see the boat for sure. So, you know, or maybe it is a creature, you maybe. know, who knows? Um 
Now, in 2016, there was a group of Norwegian researchers who claimed to have discovered evidence using sonar and various other types of equipment. Um, you know, they scan the bottom, take all these pictures, and um, create like a digital image. Um, turns out, this was merely a long-lost prop from the 1969 <laughs> film The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, man. Yeah, apparently made, they made this giant uh, Loch Ness monster, like, floating statue thing, and the director didn't like the humps on the back, so he's like, hey, take these off. The thing sank, and they lost it, and um, that's what these guys recovered. <laughs> so, all right, before we get into the theories... Still thinking, uh, you know, folklore, legends. It's just, you know, what people want to see. I think this thing is real. Okay. So you Still think... a believer. A hundred percent there's some sort of creature in Loch Ness. Absolutely. I... Well, so you're thinking living flesh and blood or supernatural, uh, you know, multidimensional type? I'd like to think living flesh and blood, but... I mean, the thing's been around for a, for long, a long time. time. Or, or do, all right, now, do you think it's one, or do you think possibly a little family going on? Little Nessies running around, little lassies and lads. Yeah. <sighs> this is a lot of pressure. What are we thinking? Come on. I like it's in my head. It's just one, but like it. Okay. Yeah. Rob doesn't make sense. There can be only one. <laughs> I think it's bullshit. Okay, still well, four. I think, you know, maybe back in the day there could have been something, but mm. there's no way that there's, like, one age-old monster swimming around uh, the lake by uh, itself. Okay. And, you know, even going back to what you said about the plesiosaurs, those are only found in tropical climates, brother. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you know much about Loch Ness, but <laughs> they get snow about, like, 40% of the year up there, so I don't see a tropical animal flying around in the lake. Okay. Flying around. Flying around. Lake. You mean zipping around, swimming around? Swimming now, around, flying around, jumping on the road. Have either of you been to Loch Ness? Uh, I've been know. close, but I haven't been to it. Okay. All right, so let's get into some of the theories. Now, as we said before, there's basically two main camps, you know, flesh and blood creature, uh, supernatural, interdimensional. Now, obviously, there's been several theories and camps in terms of nasty believers and a lot of... Uh, skeptics alike. Uh, most claiming possible explanations could be misidentification of known animals, misidentifications of inanimate objects, reinterpretations of Scottish folklore, so updating it with the times, hoaxes, and exotic species of large animals. Um, you know, this is kind of like what we were saying earlier, the eye tends to see what it wants, mm. uh, you know, what it's expecting to be there. Like, you hear all these legends, you go out there at night, you know, shit's going to get a little creepy, you're going to be on your toes, head on a swivel, and you see, oh, shit, I just saw the Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> you know? Like, if you had never heard that legend, you would just think something else, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, among the living creature or misidentified animals camp... Uh, popular theories are boat wakes, um, eels, long neck newts, and elephants. They say they, they theorize, hey, maybe traveling circuses may have allowed elephants to bathe in the lock back in the day. 
Uh, maybe somebody saw this, you know, what the fuck is this fucking elephant? Conjure it up to a monster. Highly unlikely, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, in 1933, it was suggested that the creature bears a striking resemblance to the supposedly extinct plesiosaur, or plesiosaur for Rob. Uh, possibly trapped in the lock from ancient times. Was it trapped under ice? It could have been. Trapped in the lock, you know, surrounded by land, like that Hey Arnold episode. Oh, you know that one? Yep, yep Where the yep. big fish gets trapped in the... Um, yeah. Okay. Just like that, although this is highly unlikely again, as the lock itself is estimated to be about 10,000 years old, and the old plesiosaur allegedly went extinct over 66 million years ago. So... Uh, highly unlikely that well, it's allegedly. Well, yeah, allegedly this is what scientists are saying, but some people think dinosaurs themselves not real. Oh, some people, I tell you, are <laughs> dinosaurs. Dinosaurs themselves are now birds. Uh-huh. But Nessie maybe you know didn't morph into a bird. Those are probably flat earthers. <laughs> Stayed in the. Uh, <laughs> probably don't believe Pangaea was a thing. So you're thinking. This is a possibility. I mean, that's more likely than one fucking monster that miraculously landed in a lake in the middle of nowhere, Scotland, <laughs> swimming around for thousands of years by itself with no family. It's more likely that it was trapped from being a plesiosaur. Yeah, trapped in a little glacier that melted down into the lock. Ooh, like okay. a Superman episode. Uh, or like Austin Powers. <laughs> He gets frozen. Frozen in time, yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, You know, another theory. um, This one I found to be pretty interesting. I had never heard it before. Uh, Greenland shark. Uh, Zoologist, angler, and television personality Jeremy Wade investigated the creature in 2013 as part of the series River Monsters. Mm. And he says that it is possibly the Greenland shark as um, they can reach up to 20 feet in length. And they inhabit the North Atlantic Ocean. According to some biologists, the Greenland shark could survive in freshwater, possibly using rivers and lakes to find food. And Loch Ness has an abundance of salmon and other fish. Uh, Now, also, it's not like a true lake. Uh, You know, if you look at it on the map, it's like a a real skinny opening, uh, long lake, and it, it runs into a lot of other rivers. So maybe this monster could have been in here but maybe got out somehow mm. this thing reminds me of strange wilderness <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the greenland shark uh, another just google it for you guys it's got no teeth so grandpa shark <laughs> possibly um of those two what are we thinking plesiosaur greenland shark or are we thinking a uh, eel or a long neck newt or an elephant no, I like to think of my Nessie as a plesiosaur. Okay. Now, let's take a full 180, guys. Now we're going to get into the supernatural theory. So let's kick it back to the late 1800s. Um, this is well after the folklore, but it is before the 1933 boom. Um, so that's important to remember. 
uh, now enters into the picture one of the more fascinating characters linked to Loch Ness, and this gives a lot of credence to the monster's supernatural side. So in 1899, none other than famed occultist, also known as the wickedest man in the world, Alistair Crowley, enters the picture. Mr. Crowley. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you don't, uh, are you guys familiar at all with Alistair Crowley, like uh, a bit of his background? I'm familiar with Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, he kind of became adapted into like this satanic, uh, you know, crazy occult guy. Started off doing like uh, magic rituals, joined secret societies like the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Um, then he in- eventually broke off, did his own thing with the Lima, um, OTO, that sort of shit. But this guy was super into like magic. Like Magic the Gathering? No, not like <laughs> Magic the Gathering. This guy was. Uh, you know, see, you guys like laugh and scoff at this, but this guy was dead serious into doing actual rituals. Because how many people do you know that are like, uh, you, you you meet any chicks in the dating scene that say they're Wiccan, Adam? Oh, yeah. I'm sure those are the, t- the type that are going right for Adam. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, you know, they wear fucking black and upside down crosses and like, um, you know, they're not doing actual rituals, though. You know, Alistair Crowley's out there. He's fucking everybody. He's drinking period blood, doing all these crazy rituals. Uh, He could have just wrote that he did that stuff, dude. This is in like the 1700s, 1800s. This guy was... So you don't believe anything that he did? Not saying I don't believe it. Just saying there's a lot of stuff written down a long time ago. Made it up. Some of it. Exaggerations, buddy. All right, well... Humble brags. In 1899, <laughs> humble brag about drinking period blood. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he made cake, he made like oatmeal cakes with period blood and semen, and oh. like ate them like at a communion after having sex with people. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> His uh, own semen? I'm probably. So this guy's jizzing on cookies and eating them, basically, and putting period blood. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, this was like his whole shtick with like religion. I mean, in terms of you guys, would you rather, uh, you know, Christianity eat Jesus's body and drink his blood, or you want to go bang people? I would like to bang people, but I'm not going to eat fucking <laughs> well, that's part pussy of the ritual. blood and semen. <laughs> that's part of the ritual. Well, look, you can go over there and follow <laughs> Jesus, or I can jizz on this cookie and you can bang whoever you want. I mean, that's pretty enticing. You're going to eat a jizz cookie? Is, dude. You'd rather practice cannibalism than bang somebody <laughs> and, and eat your own semen. You're eating a cracker, drinking, drinking some wine, dude. wine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying People are still getting banged in Christianity Believe that Believe yeah, that Little boys <laughs> Oh Alright so Alright anyways Back to Crowley A quick overview of him um, You know look into his life If you want to know more about him We, we could probably do an entire episode on that we might But in 1899 Crowley purchases The Boleskine house mm. um, As it was the perfect place That fit his stipulations for the type of rituals he planned to perform there. Now, little history on the house itself. This is the house. 
uh, was built on the southeast side of the lock in the late 1700s as a hunting lodge. He was using it for a different kind of hunting. Now, standing near an old graveyard, ever since it was built, um, the house was said to have had a bit of a menacing, a foreboding aura. Um, allegedly, the house was connected to the graveyard via an old tunnel and was once rumored to have been used by witches and warlocks. Some even say the house was built on an old church that caught fire and the entire congregation was roasted alive. Yikes. Also, a strange rolling was said to have been heard throughout the corridors. This was said to be the head of Lord Lovett, who was beheaded after the Jacobite Rebellion of 1745. And yet there was another legend of a dude who smashed his mother's head against the wall until her brains came out. And it is reported that her spirit would appear there picking them up from time to time. So this house is already fucking creepy, right? Yeah. Oh, there's a tunnel that leads to the graveyard? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Solid to me. Also, Jimmy Page owned the house uh, from 71 to 92. He was obsessed with Crowley, and a few portions of Song Remains the Same were shot on the grounds. Yikes. But, you know, instantly Crowley gets a hard-on for the house, um, and he says, you know, this is going to be the perfect portal or the doorway in which spiritual beings and secrets could be channeled. So Crowley was there doing his rituals known as the Abramelin operation, uh, taken from the Book of the Sacred Magic of Abramelin the Mage, which is a famous book of magical knowledge dating back to the mid-15th century. Uh, nobody you know, really knows who wrote it. Uh, there's a lot of debate on who wrote it. Just like the Bible. Yep. Now, Crowley seems to have become aware of the ritual from 1897 translation of the book by occultist Samuel Little Mathers, um, he was one of the founders of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Uh, this Crowley was still a part of the Hermetic Order at this time. Uh, he hadn't split off to do his own thing yet. Uh, for our listeners that might not know what the fuck that is, why don't you fill them in? Uh, basically, same type of shit, like Freemason, secret society. They do like lodges, you know, magical type rituals, mm, weird shit Orgies, like that. okay. Stone yeah, cutters. exactly, exactly. Like Eating I, cookies made out of period blood and yep, tears. Eyes wide shut type shit. <laughs> um, <you laughs> got, it, got it. Yeah. So the purpose of performing this lengthy and intense Abramelin ritual was for the magician to communicate with his holy guardian angel or higher self. Although, in order to do this, you first had to summon the kings and dukes of hell. Now, unfortunately for Crowley and those around him, the Abramelin rites uh, seem to have succeeded mainly in summoning demons or the Abramelin devils, as Crowley called them. Um, so, you know, he's there conducting this ritual on and off, and he left permanently, just abandoned the entire ritual in 1913. Uh, so he, I guess he was like kind of famous for doing this. He would start some crazy fucking ritual and then just like, oh, I'm on to the next thing. Like, you know, <laughs> and a lot of people like he's connected a lot with UFO lore as like opening a portal um, where, you know, UFOs, different entities, possibly the Loch Ness Monster came out because what you're supposed to do is do the ritual and complete it opens the portal shuts it um 
he would just, you know, leave it open. But he, he never found what, exactly what he wanted, so he was just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, I guess. Or, I mean, maybe he just got fucking sidetracked with other shit. He was also a fucking drug addict, mm. um, so maybe he was doing that. Um, you know, he never really said too much about his time in the Boleskine house, although he did follow the 33 sightings of the Loch Ness Monster pretty closely. Um, what we do know is that he had two buddies come and stay with him during this period. One, Charles Rocher... Um, he was invited to stay for months. He ended up leaving in less than three weeks due to unforeseen evil forces. Um, another one of Crowley's, uh, old college pals, he was going to come stay for a while, but didn't last two weeks citing the house was filled with terrible malevolent spirits. So, you know, whether Crowley intentionally or accidentally might have conjured up some Something, some manifestation, uh, some entity we'll never truly know. Or maybe it's the fact that his house is built on a graveyard or possibly a church that burned the entire congregation alive. So there you go. There's all, there's fucking, this shit goes back to before he was even there. There's strange shit going on. And he's opening the portal even further, possibly releasing Nessie as some supernatural entity. I looked up a lot of the, uh, uh, so I looked up the 12 kings of hell, and I think there's like 20-something dukes of hell that you had to summon in order to do this ritual. A lot of them. Serpent. Uh, mm. I think there's uh, not a lot. There's maybe like four or five of them that are described as like serpent-like um, features. Mm. Yeah. Are they gray? Well, I, wasn't everything gray back then? Black and white. <laughs> <laughs> Got one. Now, just one ender on this one. Um, in the 60s, um, there was some more interesting phenomenon in regards to the house. In 1960, a retired British Army major named Edward Grant owned the house, and one day he blew his head off in the very room that Crowley held his rituals and orgies in. Ugh. Uh, a few years before this incident, a British actor, George Saunders, had owned the house, um, and he would also go on to commit suicide, although not in the house. He OD'd on barbiturates near Barcelona. Was he Canadian? <laughs> I just, uh, barbiturates in Barcelona. That sounds like an album. Mm. Uh, and he left behind three suicide notes, one of which read, Dear world, I am leaving because I am bored. I feel I have lived long enough. I am leaving you with your worries in this sweet cesspool. Good luck. <laughs> so maybe, you know, his time in the Belaskin house got to him. Maybe. So what are we thinking about this house, about Crowley possibly um, opening up some type of portal? That, okay, so in a roundabout way, we're talking about Crowley and all this weird shit he does, but we're saying Crowley brought the Loch Ness Monster through this portal. Not inadvertently. Okay. Possibly. I mean, possibly. Okay. But it could also be like, all right, obviously folklore went back before Crowley started doing this shit. So maybe it's something where there was something there and Crowley kind of, you know, it's a spirit or some type of spirit of what was there. Um, some type of supernatural being, almost like a ghost or like a multidimensional creature, that sort of thing, you know? Okay. Okay. I'm making sure I'm following. Or, you know, with these Kelpies, it could be something with that. Like these were, like, uh, you know, 
they would just morph into what they thought, like what they thought would be there. So that's why you, this guy on the motorcycle was saying it had like a, its neck was like an elephant's trunk. Like it just looks all fucked up and weird because <laughs> it's like coming into our dimension from some totally alien place, right? Mm. I see. Okay. So okay. it could be any number of those things. Now, we'll get into one more. This will be our last theory um, before sending us off on this one. So this is another on the supernatural side. Uh, you know, enters a figure in the saga. This was in the 60s. Um, Frederick William Holiday. Uh, throughout the early 60s, this guy went on to be a prominent investigator into the Loch Ness phenomenon. And he had several encounters with the beast himself. Now, he went on to pose many theories, one of which being that Nessies were actually giant slugs. Sand slugs, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, giant slugs. So uh, there had been theories before his, uh, most prominent ones being that the creature was a survived plesiosaur, a giant eel, or a giant salamander. So this guy Holiday was such a big deal because his slug theory basically told all these guys to fuck off. Um, he wasn't too well liked in the Nessie community, um, but he would eventually go on to lean more towards the paranormal camp in regards to what Nessie is. In 1969, American students were exploring the cemetery grounds of the old Crowley place. Um, they discovered a piece of tapestry wrapped around a conch shell with snake-like embroideries in it uh, and the Turkish word for serpent, along with lotus flowers, which I guess in uh, Chinese lore is a dragon's favorite food. Dragon, also like a serpent. Mm. Um, Holiday himself was called to come have a look, uh, and he concluded that it had not even been left there a day before, possibly even less. Now, are we ready, guys? Because this is where it gets off the rails. Holiday theorized that due to this tapestry being discovered at the cemetery outside of the Boleskine place, there was quite possibly a highly secretive and dangerous cult in operation around the Loch Ness area. Not just any cult. A dragon cult. A dragon (laughs) cult. Now, this cult worshipped Nessie's supernatural origins and possibly committed human sacrifices to serve the beast. Um, This guy theorized that the cult cult were worshippers of Tiamat, a Babylonian snake goddess. Um, Rumor has it, Tiamat mated with Abzu, the god of fresh water, and they had a number of offspring with dragon and serpent-like appearances. Abzu planned to kill his children, but was stopped when his offspring rose up and ended up killing him. Going off that, this cult basically was uh, summoning the powers of Tiamat in order to achieve wealth, power, and influence, so it could be possible that the monsters of Loch Ness were mere manifestations of this offspring or Tiamat herself. Hmm. So this guy's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just don't get how you go from finding that handkerchief to this entire entire cult theory. I think he probably just made that up to scare those kids off. Maybe. It's like some Scooby-Doo shit. He's like, oh, these damn kids (laughs) snooping around. 
And he's trying to fucking have some orgies. Yeah, even in 73, this guy went and did a fucking... Uh, on June 2nd of 1973, Holiday and Donald Omond and a few photographers went and did a full-on exorcism of the lake. Um, <laughs> this really did nothing as there was sightings after this. Uh, but one, you know... What are you doing today? Uh, just a little exorcism down at the old <laughs> lock. Now, one that this is a little weird. Holiday was out for a walk. This one, is a little weird. This whole <laughs> fucking story is weird. Hey, man. It gets weirder. It gets weirder. <laughs> uh, Holiday was out for a walk one day when he saw a man about 90 feet out in front of him standing with his back to the lock. Uh, as he got closer, Holiday said he saw the man was dressed in black from head to toe wearing a black motorcycle helmet. Um, and he, like, went out to touch him, and this guy just, like, totally disappeared. That's so, the least weird thing that this guy's <laughs> yeah. seen or done. Well, the, the cult was just a theory. This guy says he actually saw this. <laughs> and you believe that? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, hey. Okay. All right. So possible theory there. Cult. Dragon cult. You Pos- know. Okay, possible. <laughs> what what do you think is more likely? Crowley summoning uh, a portal, some type of supernatural entity, or this cult, you know, doing human sacrifices, that sort of thing? I mean, I think you can chalk it up to some people don't know what they saw in the lake because the water's so murky, <laughs> and we oh, got a couple Pete. crazy guys running around trying because, to bang horse. Uh, sightings did spike again in the 60s, possibly when this cult was in operation. Drugs, mm. maybe. Mm. Now, through these sightings in here, just for good measure, uh, 1971, we get a encounter from the sky in Loch Ness. Um, on August 13th, it was reported that Graham Snape from Harry Potter has seen an unidentified object move across the lake. Probably just a snitch. Very quickly, <laughs> left to right, no sound. The object was purple with a white center. Possible UFO? Possible jelly donut. <laughs> now, the very next day, in the woodlands around Foyers, uh, a 21-year-old Swede by the name of Janov Sundberg came across a landed cigar-shaped UFO and its apparent crew. He says out of the trees came three humanoid figures with what he assumed were driver suits on. Diver suits. Diver suits on. Uh, They entered the craft via a panel in the side, and it rose vertically about 60 feet, after which it moved horizontally out of sight. Now, Sundberg also claimed that he was threatened by men in black on his way back to Sweden, and upon returning, he received several odd phone calls. So two possible UFO sightings um, and another man in black encounter. Mm. Now that sounds more believable than this fucking guy running around the woods trying to be an investigator. Than the dragon cult? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> UFOs positive. So this also would play more into the, uh, I believe, Crowley theory, um, you know, as little preview for an upcoming episode. Hopefully next week, um, if I can get it together in time. If not, stay tuned. But 
you know, the whole UFO portal thing, we'll go into more on that episode, but because um, oh. it plays into both these things, you know. But yeah, a lot of people think, you know, okay, Crowley doing all these rituals opened up this portal, out comes everything, you know, UFOs, men in black, possibly Nessie, possibly even Bigfoot. Mm. So, all in all, in this one, I mean, what are you guys thinking so far? All is said and done. What did we learn? Basically, is that um, don't fuck with dragon cults. Yep. And don't uh, fuck with crazy guys. Yep. Yeah. Rock out to some Aussie. Don't talk to handsome strangers in Scotland. Yep. Oh, that's a good one. Don't and ride don't any ride heifers. any horses that are by the lake. And if you see a mermaid, don't jump on her back. <laughs> she just wants to drown you, probably. Yep. And also, Dragon Cult sounds like an awesome uh, death metal band. It does. I'll <laughs> copyright. It. Yep. Okay. Now, in terms of Loch Ness Monster, um, real fake hoax, uh, legend, lore, real big uh, mystery. What are we thinking? I'm thinking we need to go there and record an episode. I like that idea. In the Boleskine house. Oh no, mm, nope. no, no, no. No, thank you. <laughs> said, it's abandoned nope. now. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> well, it burned down in 2016. Most of it burned down, but the shell is still there and some of the rooms are still there. Shell. Shut the shell up. <laughs> so you're just thinking you want to go record an episode. Yeah. That's it? We'll go check the house out in broad daylight. What about the monster? Nope. Yeah, well, yeah, naturally. We would have it as a guest on the show. So you think you're going to come out and talk to us? Like Puff the Magic Dragon? You know, a lot of people say, you know, they like to think he's real. Um, it actually does a lot of good for the tourism there. Like there's an entire industry built a lot oh, around yeah. the Loch Ness Monster out there. Probably got a little museum like our friend uh, Chupacabra. Nope. <laughs> That's not at all what I was going to say. Uh, Proctor Valley. Thank Proctor you. Proctor Valley Monster. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. PVM. Oh, oh, definitely, dude. I think that it was a legend that died out, and then all these people kind of created hoaxes to kind of keep it the spirit alive. Okay. Okay. Now, any other, uh, you know, thoughts, consensus? I firmly believe that, uh, now, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking folklore, you know, possibly some type of crazy creature that we don't even know about mm. died out thir uh, right before the 30s. Crowley starts doing these insane rituals and this supernatural thing is, is you know, manifesting itself as one of these olden times creatures, possibly poking its head back up. Could even be a, a you know, spirit of a plesiosaur, you know, you might. Maybe something like that. A spirit? Um, so, yeah. So it's a ghost. Yeah, exactly. A ghost dinosaur. A ghost uh, popping Bad through ass. our dimension. So something like that, you know? Want to go for a ride on its back. Yep. Now, all in all, uh, millions of people have flocked to the shores over the years in hopes to catch a glimpse of the legend that is the Loch Ness Monster. And to this day, uh, a lot of people still believe hasn't been proven false. Not saying it's not real. So you think it is real. But let us know what you guys think. The guy with the most famous picture even said that it was a hoax. Hey, 
but that's not definitively proven that nothing's out there. He said his picture was a hoax. Yeah. Doesn't mean that doesn't explain all the other sightings. Imagine if the guy with how the most many famous girls, Bigfoot. How many girls catfished you, you know? <sighs> Just because they say they're real or not real. That was eight years ago, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are signing off on this one, guys. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the Loch Ness Monster. Real, fake, uh, flesh and blood, supernatural. Uh, maybe you have some sightings yourself mm. or uh, know a guy. You got a, you got a Nessie guy? <laughs> or, uh, you know, maybe you, you know somebody. You've, you've heard some crazy stories. Uh, let us know. We love hearing from you guys. And... Um, if right. you want Adam to pull the old Nessie on you, you see him one time, and then you have no definitive proof that he's real. <laughs> that's not where I thought you were going with that. And that's after you bake him some peanut butter cookies. <laughs> and then you have to eat them all yourself. Rob, uh, he's going to be posting the design for the shirts, guys. That design is done. It is done. I'm going to be uh, putting it up by the time that you hear this episode. And as always... Feel free to hit us up on the Instagram, Podcast from Outer Space, or, you know, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com if you're still using the email. <laughs> and uh, as always, thanks for listening. Great to have you guys listening here in 2019. Thanks for continuing to support us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, good luck with your resolutions if you're still sticking with those. And uh, yeah, so long and thanks for all the fish. Unless Nessie ate them all.